And just so you know, I got to be totally honest here. I am sitting in my car outside your house right now. I can see you through the window. (laughs) That's pretty scary. I'm I'm riding. I'm commando right now. That's. uh... (laughs) I know, and I'm impressed. Uh, I'm a a hard man to impress. Oh, don't don't say those words. Wrong choice of words there. (laughs) As I told somebody recently, I've kind of amused, like, my brother, he's two years older, Mm -hmm. and he has no interest in entertainment. You know, he knows what I'm doing. He says, this term is good luck, you know. (laughs) But I I think when I was like a teenager, he looked at me and he said, you could be on soaps if you want. You know, huh. just, just looking at me, and I thought, well, that's that's a nice compliment. Yeah, that's just something I like to do. I just like to dig into the character and find out who they are, and you know, what's their mind state mm-hmm. when they're going through these things that are happening on these pages. You know, your first take has to be good enough to get you an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, but once that happens, you can, you get that adjustment, and that that's pretty much it. Like if you can nail that, good. He takes direction. He may not even get direction on set. Yeah. He can take direction and change it on a dime. That's what we need. You know, we are pretty crazy, both of us. I <laughs> tell you, I wonder how folks are going to react when they listen to this. I'm a little worried. <laughs> I'll be honest. Welcome, folks, to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and producer of the show, and I'm broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has set, and the moonlight is now upon us. Thanks so much for joining me on this broadcast tonight. I want to remind all of you that you can listen to all the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website, but please make sure you have some skin in the game prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game... Certainly need to have a few credits under your belt. We value that for credibility. I also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind everyone that this is an information and discussion-based show. We do not censor ourselves, and we certainly do not censor our guests. So please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. Got a really cool guest here for you tonight by the name of Greg Atkins. And let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Atkins. Greg began his theatrical career at the Tony Award-winning South Coast Repertory, honing his talent as an actor, writer, and director. His eclectic career has included a wide variety of theatrical endeavors from the Atlanta and Salt Lake City Olympic torch relay ceremonies to large-scale airplane reveals from 3D multimedia projection shows to cruise line productions and BlizzCon. Greg has created attractions and written and directed videos and stage shows for the Disney Company, SeaWorld, DreamWorks, and other major entertainment companies receiving the Award for Outstanding Achievement from the Themed Entertainment Association. A sought-after expert on improvisation, Greg currently teaches at South Coast Repertory and was a creative consultant on the hit ABC show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Greg is a published playwright 
with numerous titles to his credit and is the author of Improv, a handbook for the actor. He currently directs and coaches executives for companies such as Honda, Hyundai, Gallo, ESPN, and Blizzard Entertainment. And he is the executive director of InterActors, a company that provides improv actors to the medical community. And I'm looking forward to you listening to that. Certainly a great way to obtain some work. And finally, with music composer Joseph Alfuso, he has just finished writing the book and lyrics to the new musical Bedlam. My goodness, this is a fantastic discussion and Oh my, we shared so many laughs, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with all of you. First-time listeners and long-time listeners, this is that part of the show where I ask that you make that fresh batch of popcorn, sit back, relax, and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Mr. Atkins, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast here today oh we're gonna be this way huh okay thank you mr cole thank you so much for having me on it is a treat we were talking a little bit off air there and yeah it's gonna be a pretty good discussion here i'm really excited to have you on the program for a number of reasons you're someone who uh does a lot of really cool things and i think there's something that I know our actors will certainly appreciate here in the second half of the uh, program. So, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the program. So thanks for taking the time out to chat it up here. And gosh, let's sort of dive right into your backstory here, sir. Where were you born and raised and how did you get started in the entertainment industry? Because I think your backstory is really interesting. Let's see. I was born and raised pretty much in Long Beach and a small community down south from LA called Los Alamitos, Seal Beach. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, you know, two parents that actually loved me that stayed together, they never got divorced, mm, which yeah. of course was my uh, cross to bear because right. all my friends had divorced parents and mine were together. So I was the odd man out. Right, right. And I went to Los Alamitos High School, which is where I started to become interested in theater and one day, a representative from a theater called South Coast Repertory. I don't know if you know the theater. Mm, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's out of uh, Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. They won the Tony Award a few years ago for Best right. Regional Theater. The guy came there and was pitching some summer conservatory classes. I had no clue what that meant, but <laughs> it sounded fun. And my girlfriend at the time thought it would be fun if we did that together. Well, theater stuck. The girlfriend didn't. And... Uh, <laughs> So now I've been in the business for quite a while, starting out in the repertory concept of that you find a group of people that work well together, are talented, and you use them over and over again, letting their special talents grow, and you help them grow, and you are loyal to them, and they're loyal to you. It's It's a great way of starting in the business where you're not dealing with agents and egos and things like that. So it gave me a very grounded theatrical base Mm. in which to grow on. Now, whether I grew correctly or not, (laughs) we'll find out during the course of this hour. (laughs) But it was was such a strong basis in 
you know, whether it's classical theater and, and, and at that time it was sort of avant-garde theater and you get, and then of course the camaraderie yeah. and the family of theater, which is so important, especially when you're a young man. And I was 18. My father had just passed away. I was mm. looking for something that would be, I don't know, supportive. And I found yeah. it. Wow. Fantastic. Now, when did you realize you really wanted to dive into storytelling? You know, I think that was when I discovered Viola Spolin's book, Improvisation for the Theater. Mm, yeah. And I realized very quickly that it was all storytelling and improvisation is storytelling on your feet and improvisation is as i tell my students because i, I teach improv yeah i tell my students you get to be god on stage yeah you get to create the world the characters you're the the writer the director the lyricist the singer the playwright but you should really understand this max you're a, a writer and a director right right so so you know how important storytelling is. And when you can do all of those things, you see it from different perspectives. So when I'm writing, I'm thinking of the directorial aspects of it. When I'm directing, I'm thinking of the acting aspects of it. So to have a background in all of those makes all of them stronger. Hey, you're a pretty interesting fella. You, you know, have obviously worn a variety of hats you act, you write, you direct, you're coaching. My goodness, you've written you know, books, publications. It's, it's really fantastic when you really uh, look at it. You're certainly um, a well-decorated individual. It's, it's interesting because you've created attractions and have written and directed uh, stage shows for Disney Company, SeaWorld, DreamWorks, and other entertainment companies. How did you actually get into that? And what do you enjoy most about that? Because I think, you know, many of us have seen these spectacular shows and don't really have like an opportunity to see the folks that are making it happen behind the scenes. So I think it's really fascinating if you would mind speaking about that a bit. Well, you make that sound like it's a good thing. Most people would just say, <laughs> man, it's cool. Greg, you're really unfocused. You've <laughs> no. you got to figure out what you uh, want to do. No, it's, um, it's awesome. I've been lucky. I don't have a career. I just have gigs. Yeah, it's awesome. And as far as the work at Disney and the opportunities that that company gave, I worked for them as a consultant. I was never a cast member. I think maybe for like three months, I was a cast member. Then mm, they wised yeah. up. But <laughs> they've given me opportunities to create everything from uh, 3D shows on the castle to what we call meet and greets where uh -huh. Mickey will come out and, and greet guests to full stage musicals, Aladdin's Oasis to things like the, uh, the house of the future, yeah. which I created, which was really interesting because it was a fully immersional improvisational experience Oh my! where I had to write 70 scripts Oh my! For seventy different interactive characters, so that our guests would walk in and be totally immersed in this house of the future, where you know walls talk to you and yeah. your mirror shows you what clothes you can wear. Right. So they've That's given fascinating. me so these, fascinating. Thanks. They've yeah, given is. me these really great opportunities to use this sort of polygot mishmash of talents that I had, but. Having said that, <clears throat> the truth is, I'm a big believer in what Walt Disney did, which was mm. 
as talented as he was, he surrounded himself with really talented people, much more talented than he was. So when I said I did these things, you know, I've got to say, you should have seen my set designer, my light designer, my costume <laughs> designer, the the uh, stage crew, the people that built the attraction, the technical wizardry that was that wow. was put into this. Right. And I just got to come in and handle what I call the organics. Huh, I come in yeah. and just deal with the human element because that's what I like. I yeah. like the, the humans. Yeah, that's crazy, though. That's, that's quite unique. You always wonder. I mean, I've always wondered who's really putting that uh, human element together. And it's cool that you and I, you're able to do something like that. I think that's just uh, really fascinating. It's it's interesting when, you know, some of your previous experience leads you into opportunities such as that. Uh, It's just really fascinating the way the industry kind of works in a way. Uh, It's like one piece of the puzzle kind of ends up fitting a different piece of the puzzle. And it's uh, remarkable. Now, fast forward several years here, sir, and, is there anything you wish you would have known about this industry that you've kind of learned over the years? And I'm sure there's plenty of things, but anything that sticks out to you? Yeah, uh, that's a crazy question. <laughs> Someone said this to me and it stuck. I wish this was my own observation, but I will steal it. And, and this is my own observation, which is it's easier to say no than to say yes. Mm. Right. And in show business, I don't want to say Hollywood, but just in general in the entertainment industry, whether it's plays on Broadway or you know the next web series, is a yes means money, it means a lot of work, it means a lot of time, mm-hmm. but a no just stops it. Right. And as you well know, in improv, we have the yes and rule. Yeah. You always say yes to whatever comes your way. Yep. And we are in a business that no is the word of the day every day yeah and so because of that we're constantly trying to justify ourselves and put ourselves out there and people keep saying no and people keep saying no and we fight for the yes Mm, so if that's the one thing that i've learned about this business surround yourself with those people that will give you the yes the people that. that will say that's a great idea now max i've looked at some of your movies and things like that oh, yeah and you know you did due diligence on me and i do due diligence <laughs> on you so i <laughs> so that we can talk yeah and i see your ideas and i see sort of the the way your career desires and your passion is right and i just wonder how many times did you get no's oh, to get God. to this point Geez, I probably received a few of them last week <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I think you hear no so many times. And well, you bring up some interesting points there with the, the no's and, and really finding the yeses. And that's something that I certainly try to practice all the time. Hell, even for this podcast, there's folks that, you know, don't want to uh, talk about their careers or that kind of live in a, uh, a box and don't really want the opportunity to promote their work or what they're doing. So, you know, what's interesting about film, I think in general, is that you're going to have a lot of no's in, in that process. And I think especially as you try to evolve in your career, it seems like the, uh, the more talents you are, the, the more opportunities that you seek, the harder it is sometimes. It's a very strange industry in, in that regard, but I think a yes can change everything. So Exactly. I totally agree with you. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I'm actually really glad that you, you know, discussed that because I don't think a lot of people see what happens really behind the scenes uh, or behind closed doors for that matter. I think this industry is uh, just bizarre in that way that so much happens before that yes happens that 
uh, sometimes it can be quite uh, daunting at times. There's times when it's depressing at times. There's times when it's ridiculously exciting. But I think one common thread that we all have is that, you know, we're all here trying to find those yeses. And that is, you hit it so well, is that I'm a big believer in helping each other out. Yes. That because if we're not helping each other out, there is absolutely no one else that's going to do that. So when I see young filmmakers coming out of uh, Chapman College or UCLA, and you see that they have a cadre of friends and people that they've developed. Yep. I have an actor I use all the time. Mm, yeah. Uh, his name is Gary Clark. He's mm. an amazing actor. He is the first one to show up for rehearsal 45 minutes early. He's nice. the first one to, to be off book. He's the first one to help another actor with their lines. Nice. And someone said to me, why do you always cast Gary? And I go, are you crazy? Why wouldn't I? Yeah, seriously. Why would, here's a man that comes in and takes care of business. Yeah. And at the same time, after the shoot, he's a really cool guy to sit down and have a beer with. Oh, nice. It's fantastic. And in, in my business, we spend a lot of time drinking. No, uh, <laughs> in, in my business, we spend a lot of time traveling around the world. Right. And I'm in a lot of airport bars. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you know, it's like, oh, he's really great on the set or he's really great on the stage. But man, one-on-one, -on -one, all you're thinking about is getting away. Yeah. So you don't want that. You've got to be that person. So if we're not helping each other out, if we are not keeping those people that are part of our team with us, and of course, always getting new ones, right. because you always need to have fresh ideas, fresh energy, and, and uh, fresh perspectives, that we're really doing ourselves a disservice. That's why I never understood why the backstabbing, the, yep. the talking behind people's back, all that stuff, it's so counterproductive oh, to yeah. what we do. Right. It's amazing how like greed and just some of those negative energies that are floating around there in the universe filter their way in through uh, something that's so positive like the entertainment industry. I mean, I always find that to be something that we've got to make sure we protect our, you know, protect the industry of because there are those negative people out there, negative situations out there, and it's just best to really avoid those. I love what you said about really it being a fellowship. You know, we've really got to help each other. That's the only way it works. I think it's, it's kind of a unique creative democracy in that regard. I'll use those words to describe i like it. that <laughs> i'm Thanks pretty so. sure that's going to be a bumper for you <laughs> good stuff i guess the beverage that i had before the alcoholic <laughs> well, the, the adult drink i had before this actually hasn't kicked in yet so uh, <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> everyone should know that uh that Max did send me a uh, a case of uh, tequila, so we're we're doing shot for shot every time we say the word acting. <laughs> exactly, you're giving away all my secrets, though. Why? <laughs> uh, now, acting. <laughs> that is that is the worst that. tequila I've ever had. Yeah. I gotta tell you, you gotta upgrade. I'm in entertainment. What? I can't afford the good stuff. <laughs> what is El Morte? That doesn't seem to be a, this is an off brand, but I do appreciate oh, it, Max. Oh, that is tremendous. Jeez, you're killing me. That is, that is awesome uh, to say the least. Uh, jeez. Now, when you're not creating, sir, what types of movies do you like to watch? Do you have a favorite genre? Are you a TV kind of guy do you have some tv shows or series that you're uh, watching right now you know i uh, 
I'm a closet binger Me with, too. you know, everybody else. And so Stranger Things. Oh, yes. You know, I, I love that. Uh, what was I watching? A series of unfortunate events, which is literally brilliant. I don't know if you've watched that yet. Not yet. Oh, you've got to see that. But you know what? I like chick flicks and I like dick flicks. <laughs> and nice. so right. I can, you know, I, I can go and watch a, a tearjerker. I'm a big fan of hidden figures. Oh, yeah. And right. then, you know, and then I turn around and I want to watch people's bodies be blown up. Right. So, right. Me too. yeah, it's, like it's a, a diversity thing. And here's the thing. This is this is my philosophy is. We go to movies to see a specific actor. Or we go there because we like the director. But what we really do is we go there to get a certain emotion. And right. so if you're sort of feeling a little down, you might want something to pick you up or you might want to revel in it. So I was feeling a little upset about what was going on in the world. And so I went to see Hidden Figures so I could get really pissed off. You know, because you know, those women are smart. They can do whatever they want. Who cares what color they are? You're right. you know? So you're yelling and screaming and crying. And I feel better about myself. <laughs> Good stuff. Now, before we go to our break here, I want to talk about something here because you also direct and coach executives for companies like Honda, Hyundai, uh, Gallo, I mean, ESPN, uh, Blizzard as yeah. well entertainment how do those opportunities kind of manifest and what do you enjoy most about those particular types of collaborations is this a cliffhanger i'm not supposed to answer <laughs> we, we, we're cutting to commercials is that what's going on here after shot actors <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on I got, the, I got the line and damn <laughs> Oh, this is not going to go through my colon. This will not. This is a tough brew. Jeez, uh, uh, that is hilarious. All right. Well, I'll try to. I'll. I'll try to sober up, and uh, you make some money with your commercial, and uh, and I'll try to remember what your question was when we come back. Uh, well, we could do that. I like that. I like that. Uh... <laughs> as, as I'm taking over your show. I'm so sorry, Max. You'll never ask me back. No, it's, this is good stuff. Uh, goodness. That's what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll take a short break. And just so and, you know, I got to be totally honest here. I yeah. am sitting in my car outside your house right now. I can see you through the window. <laughs> That's pretty scary. I'm, I'm riding. A... I'm commando right now. That's. Uh... <laughs> I know. And I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm, a, I'm a hard man to impress. Oh, don't, don't say those words. Yeah, to, uh, no. No, yeah, it's a wrong choice of words there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's do a couple actors and then we'll talk again. I know, right? Sounds good. Uh, folks, we're going to take a, a short break here and we're going to give Greg an opportunity to reset and then we'll give you an opportunity to uh, reset because we'll come back and we'll talk about that uh, executive's part and uh, we'll talk about interactors when we return from our break because i think that's something that you know those listening to this podcast will certainly find very very beneficial so folks we're going to take a short break here and then we'll come back with more of greg atkins after this break so do not go anywhere folks we're going to have a few more tequila shots and then uh we'll be back with more after the break
goodness gracious, I'm uh, wasted here from all these tequila <laughs> shots. But uh, <laughs> welcome back to the uh, Cinema After Dark uh, podcast. Here, I, I was like looking over there, Greg. Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, are you pretty much toast for this? It's it's a little blurry. <laughs> but here here's the thing max you've got such a sonorous voice you got a great you got great pipes oh man, so I, that. I could fall asleep during this <laughs> uh my my stamina is down today <laughs> i appreciate that although that's kind of funny um <laughs> i'll i'll leave that there but i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave that be <laughs> should we talk after this <laughs> I want to hear what you're gonna say. Good stuff. I might, I might have to. Uh, well, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll leave that. I'll leave that. I'll table that. Uh, Do you I'll use your you. voice like on a date or something? Uh, <laughs> did you just like drop it an octave? <laughs> uh, gotta try that. You know, I have. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah. Of course, you've never done that. Oh, yeah. Whole new concept. You're giving away all my secrets, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are continuing a wonderful discussion with Mr. Greg Atkins, and gosh, we've been. Uh, Talking about some interesting stuff here. And for this half of discussion, I do kind of want to talk about interactors. I also want to kind of filter back to something we'd spoke about prior to this wonderful tequila break. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we, we talked about directing executives and, and, uh, kind of playing a role in some company work, some company creative work. You know, how did that kind of manifest for you? How does someone get into that? And, you know, what do you enjoy most about those kinds of opportunities? Well, I've been doing improv for, you know, forever. And I have a book out called Improv. Yeah. And, <laughs> cleverly titled. Absolutely. And so I was sort of known in the community as the, the improv guy. And um, I've just been so lucky, Max, in my career that um, when I was in my 20s, I had an agent and, and all that. Yeah. But I haven't had one since then and I don't have a manager and I don't have any of that stuff. And yeah. almost every job I've gotten for my entire career has been through a phone call. That's awesome. Friend of a friend or someone heard about me. So I've been incredibly lucky. I got a, a call from uh, a company that I'd done some work for in the past and they were doing the dealers meeting for Honda and the mm. executives needed some coaching and they'd never used teleprompters. They'd never really spoken to, you know, a groups of 5,000 yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. And it really, I didn't even know it was a job. You yeah, know, you're going, like, yeah, this impressive. is a thing. Yeah. And so meeting with the executives, I saw immediately that this is basically me directing someone doing a monologue mm. and the work was fun. It was really interesting. And I was working with people that knew what they were doing. So when you would go in to, let's say, the convention center in Atlanta, mm, which yeah. they're, they're building out a gigantic stage for yeah. cars to come flying onto the stage, right. then they use me as the, as the director. I don't direct the cars and I don't direct the, uh, the stagecraft that goes there, but I direct all, again, all the organics. And so basically I'd be doing what you'd be doing on any other large scale stage mm. production as, yeah. as a director and as a, uh, what they call a coach in their world, a director is something completely different. So yeah. to, to say <laughs> I'm the director meant nothing to them until we were actually on stage. Yeah. And then they'd yeah. go, Oh yeah, I see what that means. Right. Right. So I fell into that. And as so often happens with these jobs, one led to another, led to another, led to another. And I had done some work with to 
purposely dropped names, some award shows up in LA. Yeah. And so I got to work with uh, Harrison Ford and Sharon Stone oh and uh, a lot of executives yeah. and producers and things like that. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, you're going to come on from stage left, you're going to go to the podium, you're going to speak, you're going to cross stage right yeah. and exit. And other times it gets a little more in depth because they want more direction. They want you to actually sit with them and help coach them and direct them in their monologue. Right. And uh, some very, and of course, I'm not going to name names at this point, but some are very, very concerned that if they're not on camera or on stage, that there's a, a this is a foreign place for them mm -hmm. speaking yep. in front of the producers guild or whatever it is and they don't want to make a mistake because right. literally hurt their career yeah yep. they go like what's wrong with him or well, why is she speaking like that or doesn't she know how to read from a prompter so i fell into this gig and uh i probably do maybe three or four large shows a year that's really and cool yeah, and I keep it to a minimum. Yeah, because you can get burnt out on that or anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating. I don't think a lot of folks may realize that you know, there's a lot of moving pieces that are happening behind the scenes, and they don't run smooth by themselves. <laughs> you know? and, uh, <laughs> and people don't naturally go and, and and speak in front of large audiences by themselves. There's individuals that are really help facilitating that most of the time. So it's unique hearing you know your involvement with that. Well, he, here's also what's happening. And of course, we know it's a new world with media. Right. You have your show. Ten years ago, you would not have had a show because you'd had been on the radio someplace. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when I deal with executives or anybody else, they are doing webcasts. They are speaking to their employees on videos. They're doing YouTube. They are doing uh, things like this. They are speaking in front of the media. They are coming in and they are speaking to their overseas partners. Right. And so there's a camera in their face all the time. There's a microphone that's never very far away from them. And if they have any sort of fear or if they have any sort of stage fright or if they have any sort of trepidation, you know how easily oh, that yeah. gets picked up. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to be an executive and look fearful. You don't want to be an executive and look like you don't know what you're talking about. And this is a world of the media, and you cannot get away from it. And you never know when a camera is going to be putting your face. Right, right. I, I was at a mall about a week ago, and there was a guy that was maybe in his 30s was walking around with a camera asking political questions. Mm, yeah, and I, and I couldn't tell if it was for satire, if he was really... Yeah. And as you know, based on how you edit it, it can be, you know, whatever the filmmaker wants it to be. Right. So the executives are very, very aware of this, and they know that they can't just rely on their own abilities in business school to get them through this, I'll say minefield. Right. Because mm -hmm. it really is for them. It. You know, yeah. people people are looking for them to fail, not to succeed. Yeah. So my job is to make them succeed a hundred percent. Oh man, that's very, very cool. Now, what do you enjoy most about that? You know, it's interesting because, you know, once you direct a, a play or a television show, that's a diff completely different high mm -hmm. than than this. I think what I enjoy is getting to know the uh, executives yeah. and so, and just 
who they are and then trying to get their personalities out. Right. Yeah. So, so you don't see that often. No. And, and let's face it, the, the executives that we remember are the ones that have a personality. Yep. They are the Steve Jobs. They are the uh, Elon Musk's. Right. You know, we, we know who they are. So that's one of the things is I assume that their character is who they are. Right. And I help the executives. One executive had uh, arm tats, had tattoos. Mm, yeah. And they were, and they were sleeves. Mm-hmm. So they came all the way down. And the only reason I noticed is he he had moved his arm in a way. I go, do you have sleeves? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I go, why don't you show them off? Yeah. And he goes, well, in this, I go, you sell motorcycles. Yeah, you got to show them. Show the tats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the next day, he shows up in a short sleeves shirt. And everyone in the room goes, you have tats? <laughs> he had worked there for 15 years. Wow. No one had ever seen him. Wow. And suddenly, well, first of all, the street cred rose considerably. Yeah. Hell yeah. But he was like, yeah, this is sort of who I am. And it's like, oh, breakthrough. See, that's cool. That... But, you know, the sad part is he was fired the next day. Oh. <laughs> so maybe not the best choice, but I'm still learning. <laughs> Oh, his bad, my. not mine. Yeah. Oh, geez. That is hilarious. Now, it's funny because I'm going to give our listeners some context here. I started talking to my sister and she's actually and I talked to you about this off air uh, briefly when we first uh, chatted there. And that's before the tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a national uh, STEM director, actually, of like a big STEM group. And I often talk with her about how enjoyable it is to work with actors but to make a long story short i asked her you know how she finds her actors because she hires actors to play patients and to run certain simulations and and scenarios and all kinds of cool stuff that she's always talking about how wonderful it is working with the actors that she hires and how good they are so i did a little digging to see if there was a program you know or a business that sort of did that kind of stuff out here because I've always wondered where do they find the actors that do this or that or this and this cool thing and you know some of the stuff that you see and you just kind of you just kind of assume the people are there because they're so good at what they do that they're actually patients <laughs> in right. certain scenarios it's, it's fascinating and I stumbled across enter actors in your business yeah. and yeah I mean it's it's just fascinating I think what you do would you mind telling our listeners, what Interactors is and what made you really create the company? Because I think it's really, really cool. And I want folks to really listen in here because it's another way to find some really cool work. Sure. Around 2000, a friend of mine called me and he runs uh, a company called Sonova. Sonova is uh, a big company in LA that provides video screens and technology and uh, all of those kind of services for large-scale shows like the Oscars and etc. Yeah. So he had received a call about needing some actors, and primarily improv actors, to play patients. And he knew that improv was my thing. And so he called me up and said, can we put together some sort of company with a group of actors that can play patients? Well, we both know actors, so we know we're we're eight inches from crazy anyway. So putting that together was not difficult. But the challenge was they didn't all need to speak English. The requirement was 
I believe at that time we needed someone that spoke French, Russian, German, Italian. And so in my experience, I was hiring actors that obviously were Americans that spoke English. And I didn't know what the, what the community was out there of mm. actors. Yeah. Now, you see them on television, uh, you hear about them, but I'd never, at least in, in the projects I was working on, I might need someone that spoke Spanish, but never especially some of the more exotic languages like Lithuanian or mm. Macedonian. Yeah. So we put together a team of actors and uh, for the first year, there were primarily four videos. And the reason why they're using actors is that it's a concept called standardized patient. It's against the Hippocratic oath to use actual patients for training. Right. right. So they needed to come up with a way of doing it. And interactors was the, the way of approaching it. So, for the first year or two, we made videos. We'd have a real doctor interview my actors, and I would train them. We would watch videos of people with bipolar, apathy past stroke, Alzheimer's, uh, schizophrenia, dementia. So uh, a lot of different disorders. And then suddenly we started getting work where we needed people who spoke other languages. Mm, so yeah. I had a casting call and uh, it looked like the UN showed up. It was, <laughs> it was the coolest thing. Yeah, and awesome. people were showing up. They spoke four languages fluently. Wow. And as an American, I can barely speak English. Right. And right, me too. you go, <laughs> Oh my God, you, you really speak these fluently. Well, I, I lived in Germany for five years. Mm. I grew up in Spain and, and, the interesting part is these people were also the real deal. Yeah. They were in Academy Award winning foreign films. They wow. were the number one actor, repertory actor in St. Petersburg, Russia. Wow. And so I was getting these actors that had credits uh, somewhere on hit shows in Hungary. But of course, the you know, the golden ticket is to come to Los Angeles, yeah. to come to Hollywood. Right. So they left rather successful careers to come here to find that they're playing terrorists or Russian mafia or the Yakuza. Wow. Yeah. So this was just, you know, another gig for a lot of these people. But what has happened, I think because of the philosophy I have for the company and the people that I hire is it's turned into more of a um, repertory theater. Oh, that's awesome, though. Where we have, in 2013, we went to 37 cities around the world. What? It's amazing. And it was crazy. We had actors in the air every week. Wow. The next year, it went down to three. And yeah. that was because the pharmaceutical companies were regrouping with some new medication. Mm, yeah. They bring actors in in the third stage clinical trials. So mm. a lot of times it's cyclical. So if someone's interested in doing this last year, I'd have said, please send me your picture and resume. Right. But now it's starting to gear up again. Pharmaceutical companies are, are starting to uh, once again go into the, into the third trials where mm. we're being used. Yeah. I just uh, came back from New Orleans and mm, love that city. Uh, yeah. Same and it was place. great. Really and cool. we were there. <laughs> we were, and of course I, I'm with a bunch of rats ass actors. <laughs> so that's, you know, so we get there and we're in New Orleans and so we're on bourbon street. <laughs> you oh, know. Yes. 
we party hard. We work hard. Oh yeah. All my people are professionals. Right. They're, they're always there. <laughs> they go above and beyond. But you know, after you spent four hours or eight hours being depressed uh, yeah, with, right. with a group of doctors, you got to blow off some steam. Oh yeah. <laughs> so our primary purpose is to go and either test the doctors on their uh, interview skills. Mm, yeah help train the doctors on their interview skills, or we do sometimes workshops where numerous doctors will, nurses and healthcare professionals will talk to us and try to evaluate us on some level with specific assessment scales that are, Mm -hmm. you know, industry assessment scales. Yeah. Very fascinating stuff. Yeah. You know, one year, I mean, I don't want to sell this too hard because it's, it's a cool gig. No one knows about us. Yeah, yeah And, uh, awesome. you know, I went to Prague three times oh, and my. I, and I found myself doing this. Oh, Prague again. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Uh, oh my what, what are you God. saying? That is awesome. And, yeah. And then, you know, the next week we're going to Singapore. Oh, so, uh, and I'm such a travel whore. <laughs> so, you know, this has been a, this has been a great, uh, little gig, Yeah, but, but it's, it's just that it's a gig. I, can't say that it's this massive industry. Right. But if people are interested yeah. in being a part of this, because how I approach it is this acting is sometimes a very singular and very self involved career. Yeah. If you talk to a police officer, they're going to talk about police work. Right. If right. you talk to an actor, they're going to talk about themselves mm-hmm. because that's what they sell. That's what they are constantly working on and trying to understand. And that's what is their, their life literally in their Mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity for you to give back in a way that uses your talents that you've been working so hard on and honing over the years and doing something good. Because what we do is we weed out the doctors that can't do their jobs or this specific job well. And those doctors that don't pass the interview with us are either retrained or they're not allowed to be a part of whatever study is going on. Right. So in essence, we are making the process of helping schizophrenics, which means helping the homeless, Mm -hmm. which means helping your neighbor, which means helping the guy down the street. Could even be a family member, right? Yeah. To be, to, uh, to get the doctors, the skills they need to give them what they need. And we make, decent money we get to go to some sometimes some very fun places we get to hang with some really cool people but i always say remember what we do right we're finally using our powers for good not evil ah good stuff love that absolutely love that now how can folks reach out to you regarding that say they want to get involved you know the best way because I use Twitter and Instagram for my charity projects and not right. necessarily for my business. Usually it's to go to atkinsinc.com, which is my website. And there's uh, there's a link so that you can send me an email. I answer all my emails. I don't just say, thanks for the picture and resume and toss it. Yeah. If we are not doing anything at that time, what I'll do is I'll let you know we aren't. And I've got a file system that I can pull it up if I need somebody with the specific type you are, the specific abilities. Mm, right. Mm. I'm always looking for people that speak fluent or native languages. Mm, awesome. And that means you probably have had to live there. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, like for Polish, Chicago has a gigantic Polish community. Mm, yeah. And mm-hmm. 
it's like living in Poland, I guess, in some of the in the small communities. Right, right. But they really need to know the nuance and the because it really is an improv gig. They need to have all of the information and all of the background that you would need to do a good improv. Right, right. Well, you need that sort of homework as actors, <laughs> even in yeah. movies. So it's a uh, it's a really cool f- method and form of acting, practice of acting that I think a lot of uh, our listeners might be attracted to. And, uh, and you never know what the doctor's going to ask you is where the improv comes <laughs> in. Because you'll have a really good doctor that just sort of follows the uh, assessment. Yeah. And then the next doctor is asking you about your dog and, you know, <laughs> where, where'd you get your shoes? So it's that sounds like, like fun. That's cool. We're trying to call those people out of it. Absolutely, folks. And uh, for those listening to this podcast, obviously, I will drop uh, the link to his website in the show notes. But uh, it's in afterdark.com and also on the uh podcast show notes but atkins is a-t-k-i-n-s for those that are curious about that so you know i'll be able to pass that information uh, in the show notes so certainly look out for that now what's next for you sir is there anything else we should look out for while i have you on the air you do so many unique things well I'm, i've been doing a lot of work with a company called blizzard entertainment and uh they uh, have games. Oh, yes, I play them. Oh, great. <laughs> so, stuff. you know, they're, they're online MOBAs. And Absolutely. so uh, it's uh, I'm doing a thing called Heroes of the Dorm, where Ooh, cool. college students can play video games in a competition with the game Heroes of the Storm. And they go head to head and the winners get college tuition. And it's it's crazy. A couple of years ago. I believe wow. some kids from Berkeley won and they got full rides to Berkeley. What? Yeah. My and, God. Man. And you know, they play awesome. they play online, but then we we show up at either the Shrine Auditorium or, you know, some big facility and it's like a rock concert. That's and awesome. uh, you watch the last I think it's the last four teams battle it out head to head. So and my job there is to um to coach the casters and our casters are like football casters or, you know, anyone doing a regular sporting Mm -hmm. event, Mm -hmm. they do e-sports. So I've worked with them with ESPN and heroes of the dorm is a very cool event. Yeah. It it took me a while to sort of get into it. I'm going like, wait a second. They're playing video games and people are yelling. (laughs) Okay. Wait a second. We're going to have all these lights. This looks like a rock show. Yeah. And so it's been very cool. And the casters sometimes have to speak for six hours straight. Wow. So talk about improv and you got to know your shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's no joke. Jeez. My God. Well, Greg, I've got to do something here to you, sir, that I do to all of my guests that come on another shot oh yes buddy (laughs) you may want you may want another shot yourself after this it's uh this is something i've got to do to you sir and i need to preface this by saying you either will hate me or i don't know i'm not too sure after i do this but i've got to do this to you i've got to ask you though if you're ready for this i mean i know we've had a few shots so you may be ready for this but i don't know you may need a couple more Okay, Max, this is getting weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're going to uh, ask me. <laughs> well, I, I uh, you know, this this is weird. I, I do want to let you know that this is certainly something that I would consider to be somewhat weird, somewhat creepy even. And wow. 
Yeah, I need to ask you again. I mean, if you're ready for this, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's you just, you almost have to, uh, you gotta, you gotta choose. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's, I can't promise you, uh, I'll behave. This better have a payoff because, man, this is a buildup. <laughs> and you know, I can see you through the window. <laughs> I'm still out here. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, since you're looking and, um, well, there's music <laughs> this is the part of the show where i ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves now greg we're looking for a fun fact here something that people don't know about you so a fun fact anything that you wish to share kind of giving you an opportunity to do a little improv yourself <laughs> okay a fun fact though greg anything that okay. people don't know about you and the floor is yours okay first of all i hated that music uh, <laughs> let me say oh okay i know something i have absolutely no ability at foreign languages and i discovered this by working with people that spoke them really well oh so at at one point i was with a lot of actors that spoke Spanish, and I took Spanish in high school. I flunked three times. For whatever way my brain works, languages just don't work. So yeah. we were out at a uh, like a little bodega, little you know convenience store, and so I was trying to be funny. So I said, "Oh look, they have leche duds, ah. which is milk duds, yeah, you know, yeah. for <laughs> for those of you that <laughs> have the same problems I do." And I'm going like, "Hoo hoo bees." <laughs> and, they, and they looked at me like, oh my God, we don't know whether to be offended or laugh. It's like, what the hell's a hoo-hoo yeah. bee? Jujubees! Hoo-hoo-bees! Oh, oh my. And they're like, oh, really? Don't even oh my. try to do another language. So oh. I just get by with really bad accents. Oh my. Hilarious. That's actually a pretty unique fun fact. That's tremendous. Oh, jeez! Yeah. And, and don't go to your local store and ask for uh, bueno y mucho. They will not give you good and plenties. <laughs> oh my! Uh, what will happen? What would what would happen if someone were to? Oh, I'm pretty sure if you say uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> good and a lot, you, you might get something other than candy. <laughs> oh my! Oh, jeez! That's a good fun fact. I, well, I appreciate I, you. I, I don't agree with you, but. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, now, so we are approaching the end of the uh, show here. And, you know, I noticed that you're, uh, you just uh, finished writing a book and lyrics to a new musical. Yes. Bedlam. And yes, Bedlam. Yeah. And, and strangely, mental illness seems to be the theme <laughs> of my life for the past few years. I'm working with an amazing composer by the name of Joseph Alfuso, who is yeah. a, a Disney composer. He does wow. a lot of stuff for them. And uh, Bedlam is the story of Bethlehem Hospital, circa about 1820. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Bethlehem Hospital was the very first mental hospital that was created by, I think it was Henry VIII. And it's where we get the word Bedlam from. Mm, yeah. And so when I was in college, I was in the rare book archives down in the bowels of this library. Mm -hmm. And I found this book called Sketches in Bedlam. And I had to sit across from a librarian and I had to wear white gloves. And 
I was like leaping through this book and she was staring at me. I, for some reason, I thought she, I think she thought I'd go crazy and like rip the book up or something. <laughs> so I'm looking at it and it's basically these profiles mm. of all the inmates that mm. lived in Bedlam. And in my little theatrical brain, I went, oh my God, this is the making of a musical. Yeah. Mm, so years later, when I was able to, you know, send my kids to school and buy a house and do all those things that middle-class people do that are in show business. Right. I thought <laughs> now I have the time that I can really sit down uh, doing the time intensive work of writing a musical. So I've written the book and lyrics. Wow. Uh, he is about, uh, I would say three quarters done with the music. And it's, I think it's going to be an amazing piece. I think it's going to be maybe groundbreaking in a couple of ways. I think musically, not necessarily me, but mm, yeah. Joe's work is, is, pretty freaking amazing that's awesome and luckily in the theatrical community that i that i work in i'm hoping to get a reading and then a uh, and then get it up on its feet and see what we can do with it oh it's cool very yeah cool. and if there's goodness. anyone that's interested if there's professional singers out there i'm always looking for people to do demos for us and, oh you know, cool yeah we're doing it on the cheap at this point eventually yeah. once we find the producers once right. we get the yes that yeah, we talked absolutely. about in the beginning we'll <laughs> we'll start to be able to put something together. But Bedlam is a, is a show that I think is really timely because yeah. mental health and mental illness has right. not changed. Right. It's just the way we react to it. Yeah. I think that's applicable to this podcast. I mean, you know, we are pretty crazy, both of us. I <laughs> tell you, I wonder how folks are going to react when they listen to this. I'm a little worried. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> So, uh, so I obviously you're going to get rid of me. So what I'd like to do is uh -oh. call me back and we'll finish the bottle off together and we'll, we'll tell real stories, more stories of theater. Oh, I love that. That sounds like a plan, but do you plan to do any more writing yourself too? Even uh, educational writing? Yeah. I, um, I've got a, a play that's out there called cadaver dogs. There's uh, a couple other book ideas that I've got. Awesome. And so I'm, you know, it's one of those things where one feeds the other. Oh, People fantastic. ask me what you prefer doing. You know, do you prefer writing or directing or acting? Yeah. And, and yeah. whatever I'm doing, I wish I was doing something else. You know, it's like I'm writing. God, I wish I was directing. Right. When I'm directing, boy, I wish I was in this show. Yeah. So I think that that energy and that passion is what keeps you, you know, moving forward. And then improv, I get to do all of them. So I have a class at South Coast Repertory that I teach yeah. and that just sort of feeds the fire. Oh man, that's fantastic. You have a brilliant mind, sir. It's, <laughs> I it's appreciate quite, that. Uh, it's quite awesome. It really, really is. Now, is there any advice you'd like to share with someone that might be listening to this podcast who may want to do what you're doing right now, or maybe they, you know, uh, don't have the, um, the resources or the courage or the confidence, you know, maybe they want to, uh, you know, engage in something like interactors or uh, anything, any advice that you would give that individual that might be listening that, you know, may not be mentally where they could be and probably should be kind of, you know, striving towards getting some love to hear your advice. The best thing I can say is no one knows anything. So true. When people tell you this won't work, if people tell you that that's not a good idea, if people tell you that you can't do something there's always a way. There is no reason why you can't pursue what you want to do. I watched uh, Patriot Days. Mm, Patriot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw these people who had their legs blown off 
two years later run. Well, you know, a long time ago, people have told people, oh, you'll never walk again. And that is just indicative of the world that we live in, that you can do everything. Get rid of the naysayers. Get rid of the people that tell you you can't or you won't or you're unable to. Right. And get rid, of that, get rid of that energy in your life. Get rid of those people in your life. And I don't care if it's your mom and dad. Just say, look, I'm not going to listen to this anymore yep. because they don't know. Someone right. said to me, I've written a children's play my very Mm, very first play Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't very good but it was the first play Mm -hmm. and i was young and i thought you know what i'm going to get this published so i sent it off to some publishers yeah and so i was telling a friend of mine whose opinion i really respected and i said oh i sent my play out i wanted to get it published he goes you'll never get your play published Mm. i go what he goes no one is ever going to publish your play you know what the odds are of you getting your play published and i go no i don't because yeah. it, they're astronomical, you know, just right. forget about it. So I go home, I'm sad. I'm yeah. like, God, I'm so stupid. Why would I think I could do something like that? Right. And I swear to you, Max, that day I got a letter, an acceptance letter to publish the silly little play. Wow. My first play. <laughs> and I realized, why was yeah. I listening to that guy? He doesn't know anything about publishing. He doesn't yep. know anything about plays. He doesn't know anything about, but I suddenly felt he was an expert or had the right to an opinion. Right. He has a right to opinion. I just don't want to hear it. Salute to that. I love that. My God, I uh, completely concur. That is excellent advice right there. And you know, before we wrap, let's plug your website again and how folks can get in touch with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, if, if, you if they want to find out more about Interactors, you can go uh, just Google Interactors Sonova, and that's spelled S-E-N-O-B-B-A. And you'll see the uh, legit website for the company and what we do. <laughs> the legit, right. as opposed to the <laughs> illegitimate one, which I'll give you now. <laughs> and that is my own company website, which is atkinsinc.com. And it's A T K I N S I N K.com. Eat like the red ink. Fantastic. And I'll also leave that in the uh, show notes here for our listeners. And Greg, gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful time this has Ben, and you're starting to creep me out here outside my window. So uh, <laughs> we've got to uh, close this uh, session, but it has been a real treat having you on the Thanks, podcast. Thanks, This has been fun. You're, you're a great guy. Oh, you are too, sir. It's been a riot to say the... Uh, the least I kind of knew it would be, though. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna hear a knock on the door in about ten minutes. <laughs> oh my! So oh, put my. your clothes back on. <laughs> well, folks, my gosh, check out what Mr. Atkins is doing. Check out his website. Check out everything that he's doing over at uh, Interactors. It's quite remarkable. Interested? If this tickles your fancy, certainly get involved. Try to find those yeses. And, uh, sir, I think it's time for us to fade out. What do you think? Talk to you soon. All right, folks. Well, this was a wonderful discussion with Mr. Greg Atkins. Again, folks, check out Interactors. And on that note, we will be back with more after this break. Let me go get my uh, clothes on here. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I host this show. Hopefully, you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you for listening to this program. Make sure you tell someone how to follow this show on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more 
shortly. And welcome back to the program here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Greg Atkins. My God, folks, make sure you check out everything that he's doing. Make sure you check out his personal website at atkinsinc.com. And make sure, if you're an actor, aspiring actor, you check out Interactors. Website is certainly in the show notes there. And I certainly want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. My goodness, this show would not exist without you listening. So thank you so much for listening tonight. And please spread the word about the show. Show someone how to follow us on Twitter. Show someone how to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Google Play. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. With that said, 